This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Monday, March 30th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Early drought and economy estimates. Mnuchin promises quick action on COVID-19 relief and FCC acts to a broadband. Harder wants an ag member on the coronavirus task force. California Representative Josh Harder asked Vice President Mike Pence last week to appoint a member of the agriculture community to the coronavirus task force. He said in a statement, quote, we need an advocate on the task force who understands what our ag industry is concerned about and can make sure their needs and consequently our country's needs are met. California Farm Bureau President Jamie Johansson agreed, saying this would ensure everyone in the food distribution system maintains the resources they need. Now, keep in mind, during a press briefing yesterday, President Trump announced that he expects the peak of the coronavirus deaths to likely be reached in about two weeks, and he will extend social distancing guidelines until April 30th. He described his earlier Easter target as just an aspiration. What to expect after a dry winter? The state is nearing the end of its wet season, and after a flatline February, hopes for a March miracle have dwindled to a March meh, as climatologists are calling it. The state is now at about 50% of average for its precipitation and snowpack. As a result, Sacramento Valley runoff will be greatly reduced this year, with other basins dry as well. That according to Jay Lund, a water engineering professor at UC Davis, in a blog post Saturday. Prior winters have led to more soil moisture and surface storage while partially recovering groundwater supplies following the last drought. This means the greatest impacts could come next year if the state experiences another dry winter, reports Lund. He adds that the probability of this being the first of several years with dry conditions is slightly more than 50%. He recommended water users and managers prepare for that outcome. Also prepare for next year to be wet and have flooding because this can easily happen too, he writes. Positive signs in California's economy before the outbreak. With the federal stimulus package and a return to some degree of normalcy within the next couple of months, the economic impacts could be somewhat temporary. That according to an analysis released Friday by Beacon Economics and UC Riverside. If consumer purchasing remains low through the summer, however, the consequences could be worse. We can take some comfort in the fact that the state's economy entered this downturn from a position of unparalleled strength, said Tanner Osman, a researcher with the consulting firm. Several Central Valley cities, for example, experienced strong job growth over the prior year, that according to the report. Yuba experienced economic growth of more than 8%, while Mandera and Bakersfield followed at about 3%. And in national news, President Trump signs the $2 trillion economic relief package. President Trump on Friday signed into law a $2 trillion economic stimulus package that includes $23.5 billion in aid to farmers and ranchers, as well as marketing loan relief. The bill, known as the Phase 3 Coronavirus Response Bill, includes $14 billion to replenish USDA's Commodity Credit Corporation Spending Authority and $9.5 billion for livestock and specialty producers and local food systems. 
The Western Growers Association said the emergency funding for specialty crop producers, as well as the small business loans and tax relief for the measure, will help ensure our farmers and their employees can continue being the food heroes we need them to be. Promising signs for H-2A workforce. The State Department's move to expand H-2A interview waivers has gone a long way to easing the industry's concerns about having an adequate workforce this year. The concerns grew out of the State Department's cuts in embassy staff as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. With every adjustment and expansion of interview waivers, we get closer to being okay, said Veronica Nye, an economist with the American Farm Bureau Federation. About 90% of H-2A workers came from Mexico, so the State Department's interview waivers will smooth the way for many of them. CDFA Secretary Karen Ross praised USDA for streamlining the process. Secretary Purdue understands the challenges that farmers across the country and especially in California face as the work continues to plant and harvest our crops, she said. Now keep in mind there are other issues. About 1% of H-2A workers come from South Africa and the U.S. consulate is shut down because of the South African government's 21-day moratorium on movement. Another 2% of workers come from Jamaica and 1% from Guatemala. Arranging travel, quote, has proved challenging in the short run, but that should get sorted out, according to Nye. Mnuchin, we're committed to distributing aid quickly. Now that President Donald Trump has signed that historic $2 trillion economic relief package into law, work now turns to getting the money out as quickly as possible. This doesn't do anybody any good if it takes a long time, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said on CBS Face the Nation yesterday. Mnuchin indicated in interviews that the new Small Business Administration's forgivable loan program could be ready by Friday and direct payments to individuals could be deposited within three weeks. For individuals without direct deposit information, there will be a web-based app for getting the money, according to Mnuchin. The SBA loans are designed to help small businesses temporarily cover payroll costs during the COVID-19 crisis. Now, keep in mind, we're waiting for word from USDA on how the $23.5 billion in farm aid that's included in the bill will be distributed. The bill earmarks $9.5 billion in COVID-19 relief for livestock producers, specialty crops, and local ag markets. Another $14 billion replenishes the USDA Commodity Credit Corporation account the department has used for market facilitation program payments. FCC frees spectrum for rural broadband. The Federal Communications Commission is freeing up spectrum in nearly 30 states to improve connectivity across rural America as more people telework from home. FCC Chairman Ajit Pai said fixed wireless broadband providers deliver this service for many communities, especially those hardest for other providers to reach. He said giving companies access to the lower 45 megahertz of the spectrum in the 5.9 gigahertz band will help them meet their customers' needs. The FCC granted access to 33 wireless Internet service providers for 60 days through a special temporary authority. Economists, pandemic contributing to volatility. Despite the turmoil in the farm economy and the U.S. economy more broadly, there's no sign yet that the COVID-19 pandemic is having an impact on land values. 
That's the word of Nate Kaufman, lead economist for the Kansas City Fed. But he says the pandemic is contributing to market volatility in markets like cattle, similar to what's happening in other markets due to the plunge in oil prices. Speaking on a University of Illinois Farm Doc webinar, Kaufman said there's no sign yet this year of a pickup in lender-encouraged farm liquidations this year. That quote still has remained relatively low, particularly in comparison to what we observed in the 1980s, he said. Trump denies plan to lift tariffs on China. President Trump has firmly denied reports that he plans to suspend tariffs on Chinese imports, which are responsible for sparing retaliatory tariffs on U.S. agriculture imports. Trump suggested part of the reason may be that Chinese President Xi Jinping isn't asking the U.S. to lift the tariffs. Trump and Xi spoke for about an hour on Thursday night. Everyone keeps saying, are you going to suspend the tariffs, Trump said emphatically at a press conference Friday. Well, the answer is no, but President Z never even brought it up last night. It wasn't even discussed. It's fake news. However, Trump stressed that he and Z did talk about trade and China's purchase of U.S. farm commodities, China's expanding exemptions to some of its retaliatory tariffs for some importers that are buying corn, wheat, soybeans, and sorghum. NRCS seeking input on practice standards. U.S. Department of Agriculture's Natural Resources Conservation Service is giving the public a month to comment on changes to 49 conservation practice standards, ranging from aquaculture ponds to vegetative buffers to well decommissioning. Conservation compliance rules require producers cultivating highly erodible lands to farm according to an approved system for conservation plant. The requirement applies to crop insurance participation as well as commodity and conservation programs. NRCS said it had updated the standards to incorporate new technology, enhanced water conservation practices such as irrigation, and address wildlife issues. One proposed change, the standard for conservation crop rotation, now includes three new purposes, improvement of soil organic matter quality, improvement of soil aggregate stability, and improvement of habitat for soil organisms. Here's today's He Said It. As we've seen, some of the grocery store shelves being emptied, and as you have consumers worried about stocking up and making sure they have food to feed their families, it really underscores the need and importance of U.S. agriculture and the whole supply chain. That Deputy Agriculture Secretary Steve Sinsky on this week's AgriPulse Open Mic interview. You can hear that interview at www.agripulse.com. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Monday, March 30th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.